And uh, you know what, dads, if you're watching today, I want to say well done. Well done for modelling what it looks like to, to be committed to gathering together as a family of God on Father's Day. You know, we were, we were praying this morning as a team and just reflecting on the way in which uh, God, who is our Father in heaven, has adopted us, right? Like He chose us, called us, wanted us, uh, uh, drew us in. You know, says we don't come to the Father unless He first draws us. And uh, you know what? He drew drew us into his family. And today we get not just to celebrate the, the dads that are in our lives physically, tangibly, whether it's a real dad, spiritual dad, what, what, you know, father figure, step, all of that. We get to celebrate, we get to honour, we get to acknowledge our father in heaven. Um, and I want to I celebrate everyone who has gathered this morning as a part of his family, the church, his family, you've gathered, you're connecting on, well done. Uh, I hope this morning you receive something from, from his word for you. I believe I've got a great message today, uh, a message that I believe is going to resonate with dads. Uh, so to kick it off, I want to I want to say Happy Father's Day. I want to welcome every single dad who's watching, whether you're a new dad or an old dad, uh, a real physical, like a physical dad or a spiritual dad. Maybe you're a stepdad or a granddad. I don't know what it is, but I want to celebrate you and I want to say Happy, Happy Father's Day. I hope you have had a fantastic morning. Uh, you know what else I hope? I really hope that, that, that when we throw back to our hosts to finish this service, uh, we can see Pastor Darren try uh, the ghost reaper sauce. Anyone, is anyone else? This is what we need to do. We need to, he's, he, yeah, 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 yeah. He doesn't want to, right? But if you put in the chat right now, Pastor Darren ghost reaper sauce, I will make sure that at the conclusion of this service, we wrap things up with Pastor Darren doing the ghost reaper. I'm, I'm, I'm looking off screen because I'm looking at the chat and I want to see someone uh, put in there. It's going to need to be more than one person because he is not keen. He is like legitimately freaking out. But if we get enough people putting, yes, I see one. There it is. Come on, Pastor Earl. I see Al getting in there saying, yes, Ghost Reaper. Come on, Ghost Reaper. Oh, he's saying something else. I appreciate that, Al. You're a champion. I want to see some Ghost Reaper comments going in there. Uh, I know our producer, who is Tim Roberts this morning, he's going to be flicking through those comments. And if we get enough Ghost Reaper comments, Pastor Darren is going to do the final hot wing with a ghost reaper sauce at the conclusion of this message um, and I am so excited to see that the hot wing is going to be cold um, but that's okay because the sauce is going to be hot it's, it's, it's going to be super hot so uh, that's going to be fantastic. Uh, if you are watching today, and today is one of uh, sort of a, a difficult or a really tough day for you, whether maybe you grew up in a in a home where there was an absent dad, or or you have lost your dad uh, over the last few years, and today is a day where uh, you know there's very real grief for you. Um, I want to I want to I want to let you know we're thinking of you, we're praying for you, and um, you know we can we can grieve and we can celebrate at the same time. They are not two indistinguishable uh, uh, things that, 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 that we have, right? We can, we can be sad and we can grieve and we can cry and at the same time we can celebrate, you know, maybe who dad was 
in our lives, the, the things that he imparted into our lives. Or, or maybe, maybe you, you did, you grew up in a family without a dad. I had, I had a text message from someone this morning who, who that was their situation and yet they were still sending out text messages thanking the men, the father figures who had been in their lives, championing them. And you know, we can, we can feel the, the loss today. We can feel like, well, I never had a dad, but we can still go to a place where we celebrate uh, the great men in our lives and uh, you know I relate to those journeys I do and uh, you know God is incredibly faithful and even if you had no one I want to remind you that your father in heaven is with you you know what he promises that he will never leave you he will never forsake you he will never abandon you he right now today he is with you uh, in the midst of whatever it is that you're feeling in your emotions Um, so you know what we're going we're gonna to jump into uh, the Word of God this morning, and we're going to have a great time hearing what I believe is from our Father in Heaven, His heart for us today. And we're going to read out of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 4, uh, verses 1 to 3, oh, sorry, 1 to 13. And uh, I know it seems, it seems a little strange. We're leaving Colossians. It's been a very familiar place for us over the last nine weeks. Uh, but you know what? If you get stuck too long in one place, you become stagnant. Um, and so we're going to keep moving. Um, maybe that's a word for some of you this morning. Familiarity has gone beyond nice and it has become stuck. Uh, and you just, you just need to shake some things up today in your life. And you need to take some steps out of what has been uh, so that you can move into what God has for you. Uh, I don't know if that's for you, but I feel, like, I feel like that was for someone this morning. Proverbs chapter 4 says this, My children, listen when your father corrects you. Pay attention and learn good judgment. Every dad who is watching now is wishing that they had gotten their kids to sit right next to them for this message. Amen. Pay attention and learn good judgments for I am giving you good guidance. Don't turn away from my instructions for I too was once my father's son. Tenderly loved as my mother's only child. My father taught me to take my words to heart, follow my commands, and you will live. Get wisdom. Develop good judgment. Don't forget my words or turn away from them. Don't turn your back on wisdom, for she will protect you. Love her and she will guard you. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing that you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. For if you prize wisdom, she will make you great. Embrace her and she will honour you. She will place a lovely wreath on your head. She will present you with a beautiful crown. My child, listen to me and do as I say. How many times have you said that as a dad? Just do as I say. I just, even this week, I hear it ringing in my head saying to my kids, I just... I just want you to do what I say when I say it, right? Like that is my one wish. My kids ask me, what do you want for Father's Day, Dad? I said, you know what I want for Father's Day? One day where you just do what I say without me having to say it more than once, without argument, without attitude. And you know what? So far for the hour and a half that I've been with them this morning, they have absolutely done that and it is awesome and they know how much I love them and I'm sure they're going to do their best to try and do that um, 
They know even if they don't, I still love them, right? But he goes on and says, I will teach you wisdom's ways and lead you in straight paths. When you walk, you won't be held back. When you run, you won't stumble. Take hold of my instructions. Don't let them go. Guard them, for they are the key for life, right? Who, who wants on Father's Day to understand the key to life? I don't know about you, but I do. As a dad, I want to know that so that I can make sure I pass it on to my kids. Amen. Let's pray together very quickly, and, uh, and then we're going to unpack this a little bit. Father, we know that you're our Father in heaven. We know even that that's a little bit weird. It's a bit strange. We, we don't always understand that. But God, I am so grateful that that means that you are, you, are, you are loving in a way that I can't even comprehend. You love me so much. You love us so much so much that you sent your only son to die so that you would have restored relationship with us so that you could then adopt us into your family. That's how much you loved us, God. And I pray today that every person who is listening to this message, Father, that they would know how much they are loved by you, known by you, accepted by you, desired by you, chosen by you, wanted by you. God, that is amazing. And this morning as we open up your word, I pray it would speak to people. It would change hearts. It would revive that, that fire inside of people to pursue you and the relationship they can have with you. I pray that right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, everyone said amen, amen. You can put some double praise hands in the chat uh, as a way of saying amen. Hit those emojis and let us know that you aren't just listening, that you're not just spectating. This isn't a TV show. Our production crew do an incredible job in terms of quality and, and you know, we got, we got multiple sets so that we're safely socially distanced and all sorts of things. Uh, but this is not a show. This is a family. And, and when we're a family, we're together, we're engaged, we're, we're, we're receiving this as at all at the same time, and we're not just spectating, we're participating in the, in the family. We're a part of it. You know, I heard a great message this week about church, and this isn't in my notes, but church is not a thing, right? It's not somewhere we go. You are the church. I am the church. Together, we're the church. So, so you bring your own and others' experience of the church is what you bring to the gathering, right? We've got to get this. Church isn't something we attend. Church is what we create when we're together. And so if you want to create a church that you like experiencing, and it's not just a sense that you're watching something from a distance, then engage. Be what you want to experience so that others are experiencing that as well. Get on the chat this morning. Don't be weirded out by getting your phone out and sending a little text thing. No, that's how we bring and be the church that we want in this season. Nobody can do it for you, but you can do it for others. I know that doesn't really make sense. It sounded good in my head. It sounded worse coming out. But on your know, Father's Day, Father's Day, right? It, honestly, I... I love Father's Day. I actually get super pumped for Father's Day, possibly even more than my birthday, right? And, um, and that is because, like, I'm, like, I'm getting a little older. I'm not quite 40 yet. And, uh, you know, I've had to help a number of my friends celebrate 40ths while they've been in lockdown. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not what we were hoping for. But I'm not 40 yet, but I am getting closer. And uh, I think one of the reasons why birthdays aren't what they used to be is because... 
a part of it is that I'm getting older, right? I'm just, I'm celebrating uh, age and our whole society is obsessed with staying young. And so it takes a little bit of the shine off of a birthday uh, when you're just celebrating the fact that you're getting more and more beyond like your, your peak physical form. Like as a guy, we care about those things. And um, I know I'm now no longer ever going to win like the, the events that I dreamed of, right? The idea of being a professional sportsman, that's gone. That's not going to happen for me. You got to know right now as a 30 year old, I'm already setting my sights on the Masters games. That's my chance, right? And, uh, and I'm, I'm training hard right now. And I, I've fallen into sports where, where endurance is key, right? Because endurance comes a little bit later in your life, right? Long distance running, it's a mind game now more than necessarily physical. So I'm, I'm trying to hang on to my peak for longer. Um, but also I didn't really do anything to get a birthday. Right, like I was, I was born. I had nothing to do with that. Um, and so, what we're really celebrating is is the, the the culmination of something that came from my parents. That's what my birthday is. Amen. Um, and so, but for Father's Day, Father's Day, I get to celebrate what. I impart, like when I sit down and my kids run out in the morning and they're like trying to make me breakfast and it's, it's this piece of peanut butter toast and uh, you know what? It could be anything on that toast and I would absolutely love it because they are my reward. Like being a dad is unbelievable and, and, and my kids, just who they are is my gift. And that's why I love Father's Day, because every time I'm reminded their character is my... Like Proverbs says this, right? In Proverbs 10, it says, A wise child brings joy to a father. And so I love Father's Day, because it's a celebration of what I'm achieving in the lives of these, these gifts that I've been given from God to raise and shape. And, and so I love it. I love Father's Day. Bring it on. Celebrate. It's fantastic. I love, uh, I've been incredibly privileged over the years to have had a number of amazing father figures in my life. Uh, my dad, my stepdad, uh, spiritual dad, I want to pass a Keith this morning, uh, spiritual dad in my world. But, um, you know, there's something that is familiar and consistent with, with fathers, and that is the, the way in which they pass on wisdom right? We're, we're into Proverbs and uh, Proverbs is the book of wisdom. And if something that dads are known for, it is, it is those wise words, right? Like, like you remember those things your dad said to you over and over and over again, they resonate in your mind or, or it's what dad showed you how to do. And now that you can do that, it makes you feel more like, like a man, right? Like for, I remember distinctly one experience I had of this was, um, my, my, my stepdad, he, he taught me one day how to tie a trailer down properly, right? Now, I know that we've got all these incredible, like, inventions now, like, like uh, elastic nets for all of those of us that didn't learn how to tie down trailers, but, but I learned how to tie down a trailer properly, right? Like, with, like, truckies hitches and, like, I'm pulling down and tightening it and, that, you know, you know that thing's not going anywhere. And, um, you know, it's one thing where you are... You are doing the job under the watchful gaze of your dad. And it's a whole nother thing when you have to then do it for the first time when he's not there, right? And I remember in uni, um, my mate, one of my best mates, said, so we, we, we were moving him to Sydney and we had one trailer, one little box trailer, um, right? Not high walls, just the, the really low depth trailer. And, um, 
and I had to, I had to, I had to tie his fridge down, right? And um, and who knows that a fridge is one of those things that is incredibly difficult to tie down. Um, like it's like it's lo- it's top heavy. It's gonna like lob over everywhere. Anyway, I pulled out these truckies hitches and I nailed it. And we drove all the way to Sydney and that thing didn't move. And it was in that moment where I'm like, I know how to tie down a trailer. I got this. And it got me thinking, it got me thinking about as dads, what we what we pass on to our kids. What wisdom are we imparting into our kids? You know, the scripture we read this morning, verse three and four, it talks about how it talks about that I was a son to a father. You know, as Solomon is writing this. Solomon, who was the son of David. And so what we see here is we see this generational passing on of wisdom, right? David passed it on to Solomon, passed it on to his sons as he wrote, as he penned these keys to life. And you know, if I'm honest, I feel like as a father, I have this duty, this mandate to pass on wisdom to my kids, that a part of being a great dad is this this impartation, this shaping of the keys to life into the next generation. And I've realised that wisdom is not something that is just told. I don't just tell my kids stuff and and expect that it, it, it shapes them. No, 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 no. No, there's a very big difference between what is spoken and what is shaped. Incredible difference. Now, our words can shape and they're a part of the process, but but to, to really build wisdom into something is a far different process, right? It's a process that, that feels like action and explanation and boundaries and consequences and, and all of those things that as dads we, we, we implement, right? To, to father isn't just to tell them something, it's to raise them, it's to build them, it's to craft them, it's to shape them, right? The, the imagery that we get in Scripture is, is clay. We are clay in the hands of our father, the potter. And, and I, sometimes I think about that with my kids and I think, am I with every press, with every, with every close hand, what am I shaping? What am I building? What am I forming? I'm not, I'm not just sitting back, disconnected from the clay, telling it to become a beautiful vase. Being, being a father is, is being close enough that our hands metaphorically get, get onto the lives of our kids so that we can, we can press against that that character or we can or we can nudge against that that inclination to go this way and we we push it back the other way but we can't do that at a distance you see fathering is about being close it's about having a proximity to the lives of our children that we can actually form and shape and have an impact into the creation that they become we're given a mandate not just to say stuff from a distance but to get invested and involved and be present and engaged in the shaping of wisdom into the lives of our children through the closeness at which we walk and interact with them. You see, we read through Proverbs and what we see is actually that in the first 10 verses of Proverbs, Solomon says, my son, 24 times. 
24 times in 10 verses. This is, this is the best way Solomon, using pen and paper in literary form, can try to, try to communicate that this, this shaping of wisdom is not done just as a one-off word but that this is something that he is, he is engaging in over and over. And there is a consistency about what it takes to shape and to build and to form wisdom into our children. You know, as you read, as we read through Proverbs, what we, what we pick up from Solomon is the best word I guess I can use to define it is there is an ache. There is an ache in his language, right? There is this, there is an urgency. My son, listen to my words. Take heed, attend, attend to my words. Depart not, be attentive, right? Like as a dad, you know that the best shaping that you can do is still, it's still not, the whole thing, right? There is a point at which your child comes out from under your hands and there is the ache that what you have shaped continues to flourish. And we hear this in Solomon's words because Solomon knows something about gaining wisdom. He knows that, he knows that even, even in the best kind of journeys of, of, of shaping that, that wisdom is is only imparted in two ways. It's only imparted under the, under the gentle, intentional hands of the potter, or it's left to be learned by the lessons of life. And life is not gentle. Life is not caring. Life is a harsh teacher at times. In Proverbs 5, Verse one in the Amplified Version, it says this, it says, My son, be attentive to my wisdom, godly wisdom learned by actual and costly experience. You know, we're not told, we're not told who learned what bit of wisdom that, that Solomon pens in, in Proverbs. We're not told which parts of that were learned by costly experience and which parts were learned from listening and being shaped by his father. But we know David, right? We know, we know that David learned a lot fighting Goliath. We know that David learned a lot running from Saul. We know that David learned a lot with Bathsheba. And we know that David learned a lot living a life as a fugitive and then as a king. And no doubt, David's dad, Jesse, you know, no doubt he passed on to the best that he could wisdom into David's life. But it's clear as we read David's life that he learned a lot through hard and actual and costly experience. And you know, truth be told, we, we know about Solomon, right? We know Solomon built the greatest temple, the richest man, all of these things. And no doubt he learned a lot in those experiences but we also know that he ended up having 400 wives not to mention his concubines and we know that ultimately he lost God in his own temple and so I'm sure there was some costly experiences that he's now adding to the wisdom that he is penning 
to his sons. And so Solomon knows the value of learning from a father and he knows the value of learning from life's lessons. You know, I wanna honour every dad this morning. I wanna honour fathers who have shaped and imparted wisdom, who have continued that generational impartation. You gained wisdom from your dad and you have passed it on to your kids. And you know what? In our family, in our church family, we have some incredible examples of the the, the value of generational impartation of wisdom. And I wanna honour those families this morning. I wanna say, well done. I wanna say congratulations. I wanna say, I'm learning from you. There's others learning from you. We're watching on. Thank you. Thank you for for the way in which you've lived and continue to live. But you know what? I also wanna champion those of you this morning. You didn't have someone to pass on generational wisdom to you. And you feel like you're behind the eight ball before you even got started. And you're looking around and you're like, man, that person's 20 years younger than me and he already looks like he's got life more together than I have. I feel like I've had to start from minus 10 and now I'm only at zero. I wanna say to you, don't give up. Never give up because you've taken ground back and now you're in a position to begin and reestablish that generational wisdom that is gonna be passed on. And the truth is, no matter how many generations we're a part of, whether you're the first one who is beginning this generational passing on of wisdom, or you're a part of a three, four, five long line of incredible father figures, we never get it all. We never get it all. And just as a side note also, I wanna champion, I wanna acknowledge and congratulate single mums. The truth is that I learned some of the greatest wisdom from my mum. And I know single mums do an incredible job trying to be everything for their kids. And I'm gonna pray that God would bring mighty godly men around your kids in a way that they can impart wisdom into their lives in the way that God did for our family. But the truth is that at the end of the day, no matter how great the lineage of wisdom or or whatever it is, none of us are perfect. And none of us have it all together. And none of us are passing on like the whole set, right? All of us, all of us make mistakes. We all pass on imperfect wisdom, right? We all pass on our own gaps. Sometimes we pass them on before we even realise that we've done it. I don't know if you've had one of those moments where you see your kid outworking your character trait. Man, that's, that's tough. And you're like, oh, just please don't have that one. But you know what? You're the best person to help them with it. Even if you don't have it all together yet, you're the best person. Don't give up, stay close close enough that your hands can shape and build and mold and form, trusting that as you have done that to the best of your ability, that as they step out from underneath your hands and grow up into their own person, that you have instigated and established the the seeds necessary for them to flourish. 
You see, the truth is I'm not a perfect potter. <laughs> in fact, I would be terrible with clay in, 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 for real life. Thanks, Bluey. I don't know if anyone watched the Bluey episode this morning. I was legit like this close to tears. I'm like, oh, Bluey gets me. Um, it was great. It was great, right? But I just, I want to remind you that perfection is not a prerequisite for passing on wisdom. You do not have to think that you have it all together to pass on wisdom. You just have to pass on what you've learned about life. You're called to pass on what you know. But the truth is that in our imperfections, it's also why it's so important for us to understand, right? What's most, but because we're not perfect, there is a most important. And the most important is to pass on not what, but who. This is the most important thing that we can do and I'm speaking to dads right now. I'm speaking to dads because sometimes we can get our priorities out of whack. And sometimes we don't realise what we're passing on. And sometimes we, 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 we negotiate on things and what we pass on is negotiable. Our kids think has no value. And we've got to realise that we are, we are trying to pass on something in this world that is most important. There's a lot of wisdom in this life, but there is a most important thing. And the most important thing is not a what, it's a who, right? The, because true wisdom is not a set of principles. True wisdom is found in a person. It's not about having all the right answers. It's about knowing the one who does and knowing the one who, even if we always live with questions, is still gonna guide us on the right paths of this life. Proverbs tells us that the beginning of wisdom is the knowledge of God. That we can't point to a set of principles if we don't first point to the one in which they find their source. If all we do is point to principles, we simply point to empty moralistic behaviours. Proverbs, the entire core, the, the, the seed, if you will, the very source of what Solomon would say about all of the wisdom that he has penned in this book is that the beginning of it starts with the knowledge of God. Proverbs 2, 1 to 6 says, the true wisdom comes from God, that He is the source, that He is the most important part of wisdom that we can pass on. Can I, I'm telling you, as a father passing on to my children the truth of God and the reality of a relationship with Him is the greatest wisdom, the greatest, most important thing that we can shape into the lives of our children. When we demonstrate its authenticity, in our own lives, it's reality to us, it's value. When we don't negotiate on the elements of our relationship with Jesus, when in the decisions that we make, the priorities we set, the, the, the actions that we outwork, when, when those demonstrate to our kids that our relationship with God actually is real and valuable, I'm telling you that is the most important thing that we can pass on to our kids, that, that we demonstrate to them that being in the house of God, that, 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 that praying because it connects us with God, the reading His Word because we believe 
believe that it is God's Word, that those things, that how we demonstrate and operate and live those things and how we shape them into our kids' lives, that is the most important. But I'm telling you, there is a flip side. And that is that if we negotiate on those things, that if we're willing to show in our behaviour and our, and our, and our even... Uh, in, in the decisions that we make that actually they're not that important. Can I tell you that what we are passing on to our kids is gonna, gonna end up being that they see no value in it either. True wisdom is not a set of principles. It's to know God. It's to have a relationship with Him. It's to know His Spirit so that in every moment we might be prompted in the right way to go. And if we are able to shape that into our kids, if we're able to, to pass on that reality, then we position them for Proverbs 2, verse 9 and 10 says this, and I, I promise you I'm landing, I'm landing this plane right now. It says, then you will understand what is right, just and fair. You see, the understanding of, of the rightness of life, the understanding of the wisdom doesn't come simply because we are told that it is the right, right? Like just because we're told that it is the way to do it or it is the right thing to do, that, that, is, that, that leaves us with an emptiness underneath because nothing clarifies and justifies why. The why is found in the relationship with the one true God who gives us reason for the, for the way that we then live. And it gives us justification for the morals or the behaviours or the thinking that we hold to. It is the why that we must pass on of wisdom, not simply the outworking of wisdom. Because if all we pass on is the outworking of wisdom, our kids will eventually realise that underneath that there is an emptiness and it lacks a reason and a why. And I know this because I lived this. I went through a season in my life where I had grown up in the house of God and I knew of God and I'd talked to God and I was raised in a way you should live as a Christian and I will always thank my parents for my upbringing because it placed in me elements that are, even when I walked away from all of that there were things that I could not I could not explain away but the truth is that I arrived in a place in my life and I don't necessarily have all the reasons why or how but I know I arrived at this place where all of the behaviors of a Christian and all of the things I should do as a Christian and all of the all of the things I should think and the way I should live you see what happened they all became shoulds and should wasn't connected to anything should was just because I was told to because it was the way you should live it was it was it was behaviors that I had been told to perform and abide by but what was what was missing underneath was an authentic real genuine relationship with Jesus that gave reason and gave impetus and was the very source of why I would even consider living like that when the entire world told me to live different and you've got to know, dads, today we live in a world like never before where our kids are bombarded with the realities of living different. They are bombarded. With, they are given great reasons as to why they should live other ways. And if we do not pass on and form in them the, the, the necessary nature of a relationship with Jesus that is real and life-giving and powerful, we will ultimately leave them in a place where they, they, they get their why answered somewhere else and 